Anyways, yes, I am Linda, and it is a joy to be here uh, with you on this time of Lent, which is our time to kind of set aside and focus on Jesus and who he is. And so today, as Pastor Bill said, we are continuing through the I Am statements. And it has been encouraging hearing from some of you that you're seeing Jesus a little anew through these statements that he, he has given to us. So we're going to head right in, but I'm going to give you some context of where, when he says this I am statement, because it's the night before he's crucified. It's before he is arrested. And so where we find him is he is with his disciples. They have their meal together, and in John, he uses chapter 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17 to talk about this time period, because Jesus does some amazing teaching in here. He does some amazing um, praying for the disciples and for us. And uh, right before he does this I am statement, he washes the disciples' feet. And he says, do this. This is how you are supposed to be my followers, serve others. And then he says that one of them is going to betray him. And Judas leaves. And then he said, I'm going to go away, but you can't come with me. But I'll be back. And Peter goes, well, I'll always follow you. And Jesus says to him, no, you know what? By the time the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will have denied me three times. Now, I I think if we had been there, how would you have been feeling after all of that? And that was just the beginning. I think the disciples were completely baffled of what was going on, totally confused of what Jesus was telling them. They would have been really in the dark of what Jesus was talking about, where he was going, What's going to happen? And, and what, do you, what do you mean someone is going to betray you? So unsure of the future. Now, can you relate to that for the last few years? Have you been a little unsure of the future? Yeah, we still are, aren't we? So I kind of like I, we can relate to how confused the disciples would be at this time. And, of course, Jesus always knows how we're feeling. And so I love that he starts his next line with this phrase. Do not let your hearts be troubled. So as we head into the scripture, let's pray because we need the Holy Spirit to open our hearts for our time together. So Lord Jesus, um, we're grateful that this is all written down and that we can read it and that we can try and step in to really hear what you want us to hear and to learn what you want us to learn. So Holy Spirit, open our hearts so that we can receive. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So our scripture is from John 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way. And the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 
If you really know me, you will know my father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Martin Luther calls John chapter 14 the best and most comforting sermon preached by Christ while on this earth, a jewel and a treasure not purchasable with the world's goods. So we're going to explore this jewel, this treasure, and then we're going to dwell in the I statement for a few minutes. So verse 1, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. I love how Jesus always knows where to meet us. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And then he tells us the solution for our troubled hearts. So what is troubling you right now? What's on your heart? Believing in Jesus calms our troubled hearts. We'll discover more about that as we go through the rest of the verses. However, I do hope and pray that our series so far of the I am statements have started to calm your troubled hearts. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door of the sheep. I am the good shepherd. And today, Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. The more we understand who Jesus is and the deeper we believe in him, the less troubled our hearts will be. Oh, there'll be troubles in our lives, right? Jesus says that. There will be troubles. But our hearts will be calmed for knowing him. And Jesus goes on. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. Now, this would have been a very confusing statement to them. Because we know what happened to Jesus, right? That he died. And three days later, he was resurrected. And then he taught on earth for 40 days and then ascended into heaven. That's where he was heading. They didn't know that. And we also know that he will return and bring us to live with him eternally. Someday, we will be up in our rooms, our dwelling place with Jesus that he has ready for us. No Airbnb needed. Your room is there. And Jesus is just waiting for you to be there with him. I also believe there's something in Jesus using the phrase, my father's house. He did use it earlier. When he was 12 years old, if you know the story, his whole family, an extended family, went up to Jerusalem. And they say up to Jerusalem because it actually is on the highest part of Israel. But they go up to Jerusalem and visit the temple. And then they head back home. And because there's so many relatives, Mary and Joseph thought that Jesus was with some of his cousins. And at nighttime, they realize Jesus was not with them. If you're a parent, this is your worst nightmare. You have now lost your child. So they go back to Jerusalem. They walk into the temple. And there he is talking to the leaders and the teachers. And he says, why are you searching for me? Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? So the temple he referred to as his father's house. And he did that again when he cleared the temple. 
of, of all the money changers and people who were scamming people. And he said, stop turning my father's house into a market. So the temple was the place where God dwelt on earth. And it's where heaven and earth came together. So him using this term, I believe he's bringing together the present age of them and the future age to come. My father's house on earth and his father's house in heaven. The father's house where God and humanity will dwell together. So verse 4 and 5. You know the way to the place where I am going, Thomas said to him. Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And I think Thomas asked the question we often do. We often ask of Jesus. Jesus, we don't know the way. We don't know what we're doing. We don't know how to follow you. We don't know. And so Jesus answers, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This is the core line of this passage and our next I am statement. I am the way and the truth and the life. We'll spend more time examining that in a few minutes. But overall, Jesus is the road to the Father to connect us to God. Jesus is the embodiment of truth. And if you want life, come to Jesus. No one comes to the Father except through me. Hard stop. Now that is a difficult phrase for a lot of people. No one comes to the Father except through me. People question, well, what about all the people that lived on earth before Jesus was on earth? What about all of them? And people question, what about people who haven't heard about Jesus? The gospel has not spread to every person on the earth yet. What about them? What about people who might have um, diminished mental capacities and can't understand even if they hear about Jesus? What about them? Those are hard questions. Very difficult. And there is not an answer that we can understand. However, what I do know is that God is a God of grace and forgiveness, and justice. Is there any justice that someone who lived on the earth before Jesus lived on earth has no chance? That's not justice. What Jesus says here is, no one comes to the Father except through me. So what I've thought through is that everyone is going to see Jesus when we die. And if you haven't heard about Jesus, I believe that's a person's opportunity to meet Jesus. But for those of us who are on earth and have heard about Jesus, we've made our decision, yes or no, believe or not. However, I could be very wrong, and we'll learn that when we all pass away and see Jesus, and then we'll know. But Jesus is the accessible path, the illuminating truth, and the giver of life. That's as one theologian puts it, and I like that. So our passage today wraps up with this final statement from Jesus. If you really know me, you will know my father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. It's interesting, the Gospel of John, Jesus uses the phrase, knowing the father, 141 times. This is a rather major theme in the Gospel of John. 
So what Jesus is saying here is actually extremely radical. And it would have shocked the disciples. So with the statement, he says, if you really know me, you know the Father. He is claiming to be God. We know he is. They were not understanding that yet. And I think the knowing here is interesting. I don't think it's a head knowing. Because you can read the Bible like a textbook. And you can memorize the scripture. And you can tell the stories that are in the Bible. But that's head knowledge. What Jesus is calling us to is heart knowledge. And if you read the rest of John 14, which I hope you do, he talks a lot about knowing the Father and just getting it from our head to our hearts. So the way, the truth, and the life is about a relationship that Jesus opens us up to. It's not an idea. It's not an intellectual or a scientific journey. It's not A plus B equals C. That's a movement from knowing Jesus in our heads to knowing him in our hearts. Jesus did not say, I know the way, I know the truth, I know the life. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. I am here for a relationship and I open the way for you to have a relationship with God. So, his I am statements, I am the way. Jesus is the way of salvation. He redeems us. He returns us to the Father. Because we all get lost, don't we? Now, probably many of you have never been really lost. Because thanks to uh, Google Maps on our phone, and cars that even tell us which direction to go, it's hard to get lost these days. But I am of an age that I do remember getting lost. Because we didn't have any of that. And even with a paper map, I would get lost driving around. And it's something interesting about being lost. Because I would drive in circles and circles thinking, I will find my way. I will find my way. And drive by the same streets over and over and over again. Until I swallow my pride and ask someone for directions. There's something about coming into the way of Jesus in humility. I've learned that that's the only way to come in. Humble. Now, I also remember when we first lived in Hong Kong, before people had Google Maps on their phones. It's a, it's a real tourist town, kind of like Boston. And often I would be walking around and I'd see the familiar sight of someone standing there holding a map. And they're looking at the map. And they're looking up the buildings. And they're looking at the map. And they're looking at the street signs. And I thought, I remember doing that. Because it's a very confusing city. So I would stop. And I'd help them get their bearings, and I'd point them on their way of where they want to go. I think that is the other part of the way, Jesus being the way that we are called to. When we know who Jesus is, when we know that he is the way, then it is our responsibility to point others on that way. We all know people who are lost. So think of one or two of them now. And think, what can you say, what can you do that will point them to the way so they are not lost? It's also interesting that the book of Acts has the term the way used five times to actually describe the believers. So that tells you how they were acting. They were called. They are the way. 
Once we know that Jesus is the way, this doesn't mean every step of our lives will be known to us, right? We wish it did. Wouldn't you love to know? But Jesus calls us to know him and trust him daily and walk in faith that he is the way. He will lead us exactly where we need to go when we need to go. And after this life, that's when we will find our place of rest with the Father. So Jesus is the way, the mean of entering in. Through his death, Jesus opens the door for us sinners to be reunited with God the Father. Then Jesus says, I am the truth. Jesus is the truth of the gospel, completely reliable, final authority. He is unchanging and he is consistent. Now, truth is a tricky topic these days, isn't it? So much fake news out there. And, you know, everyone says it's my truth and that's your truth and they don't have to be the same. Jesus is the truth. There was a survey in 2020, the American Worldview Inventory, and 58% of adults that were surveyed said that moral truth is up to the individual to decide. Whatever you want to do, go ahead. (laughs) That's not truth, is it? There's fake news all around us. Now, later in the Gospel of John, after Jesus was arrested, that same evening he talks about truth again. And he went through, he goes through six trials, and in each of them, there's countless lies told about him. And in his last interaction with Pontius Pilate, Jesus says, You say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. And Pilate asked him, What is truth? Which is ironic because he was looking into the face of truth when he said that. So even back then, there were so many lies that truth, real truth, was really hard to find, just like today. Now, the truth of Jesus. Last week, Pastor Holgen said, you know, if these words of Jesus are not true, then he's a lying lunatic. I'm not sure if that's an exact quote, but it's close. We can't pick and choose which words of Jesus we want to keep and then throw out the rest. C.S. Lewis has a great quote about this, about the truth of Jesus. This is just part of it. A man who was merely a man and said the sorts of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level of the man who says he is a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man is was and is the son of God, or else a madman, or something worse. So think about the disciples for a moment. They were expecting a Messiah to be an earthly king, right? They wanted Israel to be free from Roman rule. So their expectations, what they thought was going to happen, was Jesus was going to free Israel. But that was a lie. But before they could see who Jesus was as the Messiah, the God... That king, they had to let go of their lie that he would be an earthly king. And for us to live in the truth of Jesus Christ, we have to put down our lies also. Lies cannot coexist with the truth of Jesus Christ. So what lies are you holding on to tightly 
that's stopping you from seeing the truth of Jesus Christ. Do you believe you're not good enough? Do you tell yourself, if I just, I just do these right things, then God will love me? Do you say, I, I need to be validated by these people, and then God will love me? I need to get this much money. I need to be secure in my job. I need to be secure in my education. And then God will love me. I want you to hear this truth. You are the beloved of God. Nothing changes that. You don't have to do anything other than to believe in Jesus. His grace is freely given to you. Salvation is freely given because of what he did. Paul reminds us of that in Romans 5.8. But God proves his love for us in that while we still were sinners, Christ died for us. So let go of the lies. Pick up the truth of who Jesus is. So he goes on, and the last part of this I am statement, Jesus says, I am the life. Our abundant life is only found in Jesus Christ. He is life and our source of life. Now, Pastor Bill, on Easter Sunday, we'll be talking about life, so I'm not going to spend much time on it. That probably wasn't a surprise. That would be a topic for Easter. But two quick verses that Jesus said. Well, beginning of John... It was written about Jesus that in him was life and that life was the light of all people. And Jesus himself said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only one and only son so that all believed in him will have eternal life. Daniel Strickland puts it this way. The way that you open heaven in scripture is very clear. It happens through acts of surrender. It happens when you let go of the life you want And let God direct the life for what he wants. Surrender to have life. What you need to surrender to accept and believe that Jesus is the life. The life. Perhaps it is your striving for the perfect job and your perfect career path that needs to be surrendered. Perhaps it is your desire for more and more wealth or more and more followers, to be surrendered. Perhaps you're holding tightly to some anger or some pride. I would encourage you, as we head to Easter, to think through your life. And on Easter, be ready to surrender what you need to surrender to receive new life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Each one of these statements are relevant. They are the triple expression emphasizing the many-sidedness of the saving work of Jesus Christ. One theologian puts it this way, and I love it. Without the way, there is no going. Without the truth, there is no knowing. Without the life, there is no living. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We are lost, ignorant, and dead without Jesus. So don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe in me, Jesus says.
Let us pray. Jesus, these words bring comfort to us. They bring confusion to us. They bring some questions from us. But what we do know is that you are the way. You are the truth. You are the life. And that changes everything. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.